Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Revolution, everybody. Um, it is quite quite the weekend with the kiddos. Um, I lucked out and didn't watch any fireworks on the 4th of July. <laughs> no fireworks. Yeah. Yeah, I heard some loud noises, too. Um, my kids are here, so if you hear me responding to people in the audience, that's, it's, Dad, this is my weekend with the kids. Um, so, yeah, single dad, it's, it is bizarre, it keeps you on your feet, it keeps you very tired. Milo doesn't nap anymore, so... <laughs> but Minnie does, so that's nice. Anyway, welcome to Revolution. Um, lots of cool things are happening. We've been doing, um, Caleb kind of put together the Revolution Instagram, and we've been doing introducing folks uh, from the congregation uh, on Instagram, have been introducing themselves and talking about why they come to Revolution and we've also started a new podcast, basically called Meet the Congregation. I think that's what we're calling it. It's on the Revolution, yeah, church podcast. So we're going to try to release it on Wednesdays, says Caleb. But we're, inter- we're also interviewing folks who attend Revolution. Um, a lot of online listeners, and it's been really awesome. I actually... Uh, the last interview, the first interview we did was last week, and um, I wasn't ready to hear what I heard, and I, I actually cried after the freaking interview. Like I was like so touched by like hearing someone's feedback. It was really amazing um, to hear, and uh, <clears throat> so yeah, that was great. Continuing to go through uh, huge change in theology. Um, been reading Caputo a lot, and I've often, often been referencing him, and I keep thinking I'm going to get to, like, I'm almost at the, I am at the end of the book, but, uh, so hopefully next week I won't quote from Caputo. Um, and we're also going to talk a little bit about Tillich, but what I want to talk about today is um, grace Grace is, uh, what is grace? And it's been something that I've talked about for my whole career, probably. And it's like, how does it fit in when you have a lot of doubt? And when when you don't really buy into the... Um, when, when you don't really... When atonement theory isn't your main focus anymore, you know, and it's not about a payment system, Um, but grace is supposed to be a free gift anyway, so, grace, (laughs) I don't blame him, Milo just said he doesn't want to hear Papa, Um, grace is to live before death, Um, is to have life before death, is is how I've heard Pete Rollins put it. And uh, 
and why we why we struggle why do we struggle to give grace and, and why do we struggle to give justice and and how do we live a life well lived and what if this is it you know what if this is it you know what if, let's imagine you know any John Lennon said imagine there's no heaven above us or no hell below us and above us only sky you know what do we do with Grace. Where does grace fit into that? And, and I'm not. I'm not throwing out heaven. I don't write yet for myself, but I don't know if there's anything afterlife. And the focus is 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 not that. The afterlife is not my focus. You know that is not my. Somebody asked me about it the other day, and I'm like, I don't know, but it's not my focus. Um. Because, in a way, it's set up into kind of like this trade system for you know. Oh well. Do good and sacrifice now and, and invest later and you get lifelong condos. You know, it's like this purchasing system, but grace is supposed to be free. So how do we look at grace as this free thing, as something free? Um, what does God have to offer <clears throat> with Grace. And I wrote down life, hope, love, and faith. And in in Corinthians 13, it says the greatest things of these are faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Now, love is something that is um, that that lasts forever, that goes on forever. That is, um, I'm, I can't think of the word right now because. Um, my children are distracting. Um, but love goes on, moves and continues after we're gone. And it's um, one of those things that it's, it's able for us to, to, to have life after death through love. I teach my children how to love and care about people, hopefully, you know, and why. So when I'm gone... They love and care about people, and what? And hopefully, they teach that to me. My parents taught me about love, you know, and and told me always that love was the trump card to everything, you know, to care about people, to put others before me, and this type of thing. And it's something that I was able to like see through a lot of the BS that I was raised with, you know, but still keep that, you know still keep the things that, that changed my life. The love that my mom always showed people, even when she didn't agree with people, she always loved them. Or my dad's insistence on always forgiving people when I thought he was crazy for doing that, you know. And these were things that endured. And in uh, Corinthians 13, says, love endures all things. And I see that as a, as a type of, of grace. Um, John Caputo, in his book, Hoping Against Hope, um, talks about talks about grace in a really cool way that I I'm going to kind of just trying to riff off him a little bit, and then we're going to look at uh, what the Bible says about about grace. Um, <clears throat> reading from Caputo right now. The key to my self interpretation is to treat a rose as a figure of grace of the sheer gratuity of life without a why. The gift of grace 
the grace for the gift. Now he's saying, what, you know, taking out the question of why are we here? Why is this? What is this? You know, that idea. It goes on to say, I'm dreaming of a way of, um, to emancipate grace from the grip of the powers that be. To let it flourish in free city beyond the jurisdiction of the authorities, the big men of both religion and reason who, tell, who try to bully and blackmail us in our life. So, what is this? Like? Free grace, emancipate grace. He's saying, you know, I want to emancipate grace as a weapon. You know, I want to de-weaponize grace. I want to, I, I want to take away the, the... I want to take away anybody who tries to make it not free. And I was raised with the word grace a lot and heard about amazing grace and how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me, but I never knew what it was. You know, and I didn't really grasp the idea of grace until I started reading Galatians and probably maybe Romans and a little bit of Ephesians until I started reading some of Paul's writings about this free gift, this thing that's been given to us and bestowed upon us and that we've made... One, of the, one, one verse says, you've been made holy and blameless as you stand before God without a single fault. And so I remember one years ago at this Christian music festival, I said, you know, holiness isn't anything that you can long for. It's just free. It's a gift, you know. And this guy goes, this guy, come on, and started literally from the audience, starts arguing with me. And um, so we had our little back and forth. Found out later that this was the guy who books all the speakers. So that was kind of the end of my speaking there. Yeah. Um, one point for him. But yeah, because people want grace to cost something. They only really want, a lot of us want grace to be for everybody, for us, but we don't want to give grace to everybody. You know, we don't want everybody to receive grace because grace seems like an unfair concept. Um, Caputo goes on to say, I dream of finding a place for grace a room in a crowded city that is neither the city of God nor the city of man. In both places, there's are, there are cameras on every corner, but a city of refuge. So he doesn't want to be watched constantly. Only there can grace flourish beyond the surveillance of the police of, of truth who seek to regulate and domesticate the unnerving fortuneness and unforeseeable ability who seek to incarcerate those they deem mad, to excommunicate the, deci- the descendants, and to silence those who would speak volumes of the unsayable silence, of the abyss of grace, of the gift that is given without why. So taking grace back, continuing to make it free. Now, I think Paul Tillich actually does a better explanation on on uh, what grace is. And I'm reading from Paul Tillich's book, Shaking of the Foundations. Paul Tillich was probably the 20th century's best um, theologian. You know, he's from Germany. Um, he probably added, you know, he was on the cover of Time when it mattered, you know. They don't go around putting theologians on the cover of time much anymore. Um, but it's one... 
one of the things that that Tillich says about grace is to believe that something is is almost contrary to the meaning of grace. Furthermore, grace does not mean simply that we are making progress in our moral self-control and our fight against special faults and our relationship to men and to sociality. Moral progress may be a fruit of grace, but it is not grace itself, and it can even prevent us from receiving grace. For there is too often graceless acceptance of the Christian doctrine. And I think that's what a lot of us grow up in. A lot of people who still widely come to places like revolution and, and, and still seek out spirituality is we're tired of, there's, we've experienced something, something that haunts us, something that follows us, something that seems real, but there seems to be this lack of grace. So we don't want it anymore, but there's still a haunting. So what is, what is, what is faith with grace? You know? I love that, he, that the Tillich says, to believe that something is is almost contrary to the meaning of grace. You know, and my whole life was, you know, every head bowed, every eye closed, you know. <laughs> Do you know where you would go if you died tonight, you know? And then they go through the payment process, and then you raise your hand, and, you know, nobody looking around. And then, of course, they trick you, because then they're like, now, if you said that prayer, I want you to stand up, you know, because God will not, you know, if you're ashamed of God, then God will be ashamed of you. And I was like, wait a second, you just told me that this thing was free, and now you've handed me a bill. You know, it's like, you know, somebody giving you a car and saying, yeah, just sign right here and you'll receive payments every, you just have to make payments every month and the car is yours. And you're like, what? I thought the car was free. You know, it's, it's not a gift. It's not free. It, it's, it's a bait and switch. And so we have to look at how do we change it. But, but theologians and philosophers have been asking these questions and, 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 and saying important things about this type of thing for a long time. It's just mostly um, it's been, been mainstream or, um, you know, like Lutherans and Presbyterians and things like that who've, who've kind of heard it. A lot of people, a lot of churches I grew up with, like in the Assemblies of God and Baptists and things like that did not talk about, you know, did not understand grace as it really was. And unfortunately, some of the people who did understand grace didn't really talk about it that much because they took it for granted. And I think grace is the hope of the world. I think it's, 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 it's what really transforms us into something else. But we just have to be accept that we're accepted. Actually, the talk that I'm reading from, because this is a collection of Tillich's talks, is called You Are Accepted. This, this is also another great quote from Tillich. Sometimes at the moment a wave of light breaks into our darkness, and it is as though a voice were saying, you are accepted, you are accepted, accepted by that which is greater than you and a name which you do not know. Do not ask for the name, and perhaps you will find it later. Do not try to do anything now. Perhaps later you will do much. Do not seek for anything. 
do not perform anything, do not intend anything, simply accept the fact that you are accepted. If this happens, you experience grace. I'm going to just continue to read this because I think it's really good. After such an experience, we may not be better than before, we may not believe more than before, but everything is transformed. In that moment, grace conquers sin and reconciliation bridges the gulf of estrangement. And nothing is demanded of this experience. No religious or moral or intellectual proposition, nothing but acceptance. So it's, it's grace moves outside of religion. That's why Caputo wants to claim grace back. You know, he's saying, now, how, how do we do this? I'm going to use a small example for myself um, of what, in a way, to kind of try to explain what I'm trying to say here. Um, with, uh, I'm just going to be real transparent for a second, but in my last marriage, there was a bit of a codependent relationship there. It's one of the reasons it didn't work out. And I would always, I kind of gave up my, my, my free will in a way. And uh, we're just like, well, you know, whatever you want to do. Okay, I won't do that. Oh, yeah, okay, just do that. You know, and, and just got, we just created this kind of groove that we got into that we both accepted. I'm not going to put blame on either one of us. I'm not saying she's the bad guy or I'm the bad guy. Um, we both participated in this. Um, but I seem to always seek out the approval, her approval. And I, I also did that, I started to do that in my everyday life where I sought the approval of others to say that I was okay. And over the past eight months, I've gone through horrible grieving process, uh, really horrible depression, a lot of things, but I'm starting to come out of it. And it's starting to feel great. And one of the things I've decided not to do is look to others for approval. So, I mean, silly things like just like going to look at a pair of shoes and sending a picture of those shoes to somebody and being like, what do you think of these? You know, should I get these? You know, which ones do you like best? You know, like, no, I'm just going to get them. You know, like, I'll do like little fun things on Twitter, like I'm mean, on Instagram, like, what do you think? But honestly, I don't care. You know, it's just to be fun and have something to do. Um, you know. I'm going to get tattooed. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to listen to more punk rock music. I'm going to read more. T- I'm going to spend more time doing revolution. You know, I've had a lot of people say, you should just go get another job and do something else with your life. You know, you have a lot of doubt, you know, blah, blah, blah. You're a father. This church thing isn't working for you, you know. But instead, I said, okay, thanks for the advice. I appreciate that. But you know what? I'm going to just put the pedal to the metal of the church. I'm just going to continue to move forward and do what I feel like I'm supposed to do and be who I'm supposed to be. And this is who I am, and that's not going to change, you know. Um, And it's funny, you know, being single again and going out on dates and things like that, you know. And, you know, it's maybe not the first date, but it's definitely something where you want to clarify, like, listen, this is who I am. 
and I've compromised before, and I won't compromise again. And so I think the one thing that we can't compromise on is this grace because I think grace is that type of experience where you are like, I feel free, but I want to go back to the dogma. You know, I feel like I've, I'm accepted, but shouldn't I be better? But it's not about that. You just kind of left to let the transformation happen as it happens. So it is like getting over love in a way, getting over religion and letting go because you have to mourn a lot of it. You know, you have to give it up. You have to, to, try, to try to move forward. But the thing is, is that the only thing that really does anything, that heals anything, is time. The only thing that transforms anything is time. I'll be done in a minute. But grace, <laughs> sorry, everybody. This is, this is what I get on Kids Weekend. And poor Caleb. Uh, but this is, you know, this time, it took time. It took work. It took just letting that process work of accepting myself. And my therapist was like, aren't you proud of the progress you made? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. You know, and she's like, I want you to be proud. You know, she's like, is it your religious upbringing that's keeping you from being proud, Phil? Like, you think that you're not supposed to be proud? No, I'm like, no, I just, growing up, my parents never really celebrated me doing the right thing. They just punished me for doing the wrong thing, you know? And that's kind of how religion was, too. And, uh, but I'm learning to be proud of myself, and that's a form of self-acceptance. And grace has always given me that. Living in that moment, even when I thought grace was even some sort of exchange for goods or eternal life, it was still something that blew my mind, you know? Um, Even when I was used grace and atonement theory together, it still blew my mind because people did not talk about it in the church. And it still got me in a lot of trouble talking about it at churches, you know, like my heresy evolved over time. I wasn't just always, you know, I've always been a heretic. It's just the, the level of heresy has, <laughs> has, has evolved. Um, so I'm a lot about, you know, people, people ask me, like, somebody asked me the other day, like, how do you do it? How do you hold on? How do you do it? And I said, I just keep my hands open. I don't hold on to it anymore. You know, so I let grace lay in my hands. Because it won't go anywhere else. It's that constant haunting and that constant... It's just there. It's I can't get away from grace. It's, you know, I mean, the funny, the hoping against hope, you know. Um, If there's anything to my life spiritually, I mean, it's the spiritual parts of my life is that there's something bigger than me that I'm accepted. But the fact is, is that I am accepted. And so what does that allow me to do? It allows me to live a life well. It allows me to, you know, do you believe in life before death? You know, I don't know. You know, I do. So when people now say, you know, well, what about life after death? And I'm like, you know what's really important right now is life before death. Living a life well. And that looks different for a lot of us. But... um 
for me, it's saying, hey, we've, we've missed the mark. You know, sin is a word that we always get like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to be called a sinner. I don't want to be called that. But really, it's just talking about being broken. It's talking about our, 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 just our humanity of brokenness. And grace is saying, accept that humanity. Only when you accept that part of your humanity can you change. Only when you accept your brokenness can that brokenness start to heal. You know, so that's, that's what, I mean, really is what it's saying. And it's saying live life. Be human, be a human being. Um, and I think when, we, when, when we're able to accept ourselves, I mean, now, because of that acceptance, because of that grace that I've, I've, I've received, um, I've had a lot of talks with people who've just gone through breakups and divorce and different things like that, who've been there because the grace that I found by being able to just talk to somebody else and feel just other people hear me, I'm like, you know what? I want to return that. It has nothing to do with being a good person or, or it just is like I want to, I want to somehow this grace that I feel, this grace of, that I got, this change that I had in my life, I just want to be able to be there for other people so they can go through that same change too, so they can heal too. I want to share that healing. And to me, that healing is grace. Grace is a big part of that. And, um, you know, I'm going to leave it there today. I, uh, sorry, everybody, for the uh, crazy kids, but that's just my life right now. So, um, yeah. So, listen, if you're listening online and uh, you like what you hear, you're going to hear a pitch recorded after this that's going to come in and tell you how to support Revolution, but we definitely can use your support. We're a small church. And we survive by your support. And we'd really like to bring Caleb on staff. So that's kind of one of the things I'm focused on right now. And uh, why I'm, I'm continuing to ask for support of the church. So uh, thank you so much for listening. And uh, this has been Revolution Church. We'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. That was a post-Christian podcast.